For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on? We're here for another episode of Believe in Kentucky. My name is Vinny Hardy. We got the co-host here, AG from the Cats Paws, Aaron Gershon. We got the former QB1, Jalen Whitlow in here. And we got another guest in here. We got a route runner. We got a chain mover. We got a guy who did his thing for the Cats. Up in Cincy now, but still bleeding blue. We got David Bouvier on here with us this evening. Fellas, how's everybody doing? Ain't the plane, man. Pretty good. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me, Vinny. Absolutely. How about you, AG? You good, man? Yeah, man, I'm good. I'm trying to keep up with everything in college football. Got the tweet notifications on for the portal. And uh, it's 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 fun, but, man, it, it's a wild time. It's a wild time. Mm-hmm. The... Pretty much, you know, everything is moving fast. Like you said, your head's on a swivel right before we started recording. <laughs> Pretty much the only thing that wasn't moving was the Governor's Cup because it stayed put in Lexington. It ain't going nowhere. So, you know, been a lot of stuff happened since then, but we got we to jump back and, and, and talk about the dub and then everything has happened since then. Yeah, no, that was a that was a great performance, especially defensively. I mean, the, <laughs> your uh, one drive in the first half, and uh, obviously they scored late in the game there. But man, they they dominated four sacks when sacks have been an issue all year. I mean, they've been getting some pressure, uh, but they went into that game only had fifteen sacks. Last in the SEC, they get four, and obviously JJ Weaver with the strip, and then offensively they were able to do enough in this one. Uh, had some issues in the red zone, but you know what? They made some kicks, <laughs> and that. that that was big. Uh, you know, Ruffalo winning the MVP of that game was just perfect for everything that's been going on this year uh, for him to go out that way. And I thought Levis played a pretty cl- – obviously, it was clean and had a pretty good day. So, it was good to see all three phases have some success and obviously uh, beat up on the rival again. Yeah, you know, um, you know, just being a part – I'm sure David can speak to this – just being a part of that rivalry uh, – you know, it's, it's nothing like beating your rival at the end of the day. Just it's nothing like that. So it was good to see. I figured the defense would, you know, play a good game. Uh, offense, again, looked good in spots. You know, re- looked really good in spots. Got to finish drives. But, you know, all in all, the trophy's still in uh, still in Lexington. So what can you say? I mean, uh, they, you know, Louisville came in there. Uh, quarterback, they had some quarterback stuff going on. Obviously, Malik Cunningham was – Injured, but available, which is always weird to me because, you know, if you're going to play them, go ahead and start them, uh, in my opinion. <laughs> Especially a talent like that. Um, but, you know, I think it kind of helped Kentucky in a way 
you know, playing two guys because most people don't handle that the right way. I've been a part of that where you got to handle it the right way as, as a quarterback and as a staff uh, when it comes to scripting and calling plays for different guys and when it comes to the quarterbacks actually playing and having enough feel for the game and rhythm. Uh, that's huge. So, uh, but, you know, all in all, a dub is a dub. So, um, you know, season, you know, up and down at the end of the day, you know, not really living up to what they, a lot of people thought they could do. But on the positive side, you can never discount ending the season, uh, being your rival at home. Uh, you know, it's a better taste of your mouth going into, you know, bowl preparation and whatnot. So that was good to see. Yeah, baby, baby brother beating them. It's uh, it's always good. You know, uh, after the game, you know, it goes that cigars are passed around. You know, it's uh, <laughs> it's all fun. But, you know, it's good to see that they had composure that game because, you know, those rivalry games, everyone's, you know, you come with juice. You know, you don't need to hype anyone up. But, you know, that that can lead to mistakes or whatever. But. You know, I feel like the game was never in doubt. You know, we we had it from start to finish. I know it was a little closer than years past, but, you know, it felt like we had every – I mean, when field goals are going in, it's a good day for <laughs> yeah. football. So, um, yeah, that, that was great to see. And keeping the Governor's Cup where it should be, um, you know, great, great day for Kentucky. Good into the season that, you know, could have been better, but certainly, uh, certainly going out on a winning note will be good momentum into the bowl game and next season. Uh, David, it's funny you said that about the scars because when I went went into the the building to do post game interviews, I forgot y'all did that after the win, and I was like, "What the hell is that? Is there a fire or something?" I was like, "Oh yeah, it's a Louisville <laughs> game. They just won. I get it now." And Will came in there with a cigar in his mouth. I'm like, "Okay, <laughs> yeah. I got it now. I got it now. I feel better about it now." But you mentioned the energy. I thought, you know, obviously Kentucky. Mark Stoops always has you guys ready to play this game. It feels like even even the you know the years where maybe Louisville had the better roster. I feel like Kentucky and uh, I forget what the score was in 2013, Jalen. I think it was only two scores. So it feels like every year you know Stoops has you guys up for that game, and then it just felt like Louisville obviously had some juice. I just didn't see the juice on their sideline or even before the games watching warmups like I did on the Kentucky sideline, at least from upstairs in that you know all 22 view. I mean. Kentucky was fired up to play that game. I thought it was even – the energy was about the same the Georgia week, which is – I had a pretty good feeling they would at least fight after I saw it. And Louisville just hasn't matched it. I don't know if Scott Satterfield just doesn't understand the rivalry or what it is, but Kentucky is always ready for this game, especially the last, you know, five years when uh, they've won four of them. Yeah, and you you factored in to me – I think I tweeted out it's, – it's the state of the rivalry – to where as up and down, as much of a struggle as this team had offensively, all year long, everything was a struggle. It wasn't really anything easy or smooth. And to still beat Louisville by two scores <laughs> comfortably, like all you guys have said, had it from the start, never was really in doubt. To still cruise with this offense kind of – Tells us where the rivalry is, and if you know the offense it clicked, it could have been another you know thirty point blowout like it has been these past half decade. They scored a couple touchdowns in the red zone. You know you're looking at a way different score, and you know a garbage time touchdown for Louisville makes it you know two possessions instead of three. So yeah, there there's still a lot of meat left on the bone, which is still frustrating, and you know part of the reason we'll have a conversation about uh, a certain someone not being here anymore. 
Yeah, I think, uh, you know, and like you said, I don't know if Scott Satterfield doesn't understand kind of the rivalry, but, you know, when I watched the past few years I've watched this game, Louisville definitely looked to lack energy. You know, they lack enthusiasm. They lack juice. They lack, you know, uh, Kentucky's always bringing it to them. Uh, and, you know, that's – if you're administration at the University of Louisville, uh, I mean, that's not – you know, that's not what you want to see. But obviously, if you're administration at Kentucky, that's what you want to see. But uh, they definitely look to be more alpha than Louisville, which they are. I mean, I think Kentucky has a better roster. Uh, no doubt. I think Kentucky is better coached. Um, I think Kentucky has a, uh, you know, every. I think they're better in every way. So I think it can only get worse for Louisville. Uh, <laughs> as I, you know, because, you know, as I'm sure we're going to talk about it soon, but Things are, I mean, I think, I don't think that defensive style, I don't think the way Stoops, you know, we all know, you know, especially they, you know, I mean, how, how Stoops get down. I mean, you're going to play hard. That's one thing you're going to do. You're going to play tough. So um, I don't see that changing. And as long as the defense is, you know, being Kentucky's defense, the offense is only going to get better. It's not, I mean, you can only go up from here really. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't see that rivalry changing anytime soon. Um, I don't foresee anything coming to disrupt that unless Louisville decided to get rid of coach and all of that thing. But um, as of now, I think uh, I think it's like you got this thing in the bag. Right. Yeah. No, it, it was weird. I sat behind the Louisville sidelines and there wasn't much juice like, uh, you know, previous years. They're limping into the game. You kind of understand. Not very good, but they had a good season. They were like ranked 25. And uh, that returner, I remember he like hurdled the guy. A 30-yard punt return, hurdled the guy, and, you know, it's just golf claps from the sidelines. It's like, you know, what, <laughs> what what's going on here? Why are y'all not <laughs> yeah, – I looked like Will Levis' hurdle, up too. And I was like, man, that's a hell of a play. No energy. I don't know. It, it was strange. But it is uh, – you know, it's good to see them get the win. And this the senior class, I guess they never lost to um, Louisville, right? Yeah. Yeah, since yeah, uh, only the sixth year guys who would have like Jordan Wright redshirted in seventeen, so he would have been on the sidelines that year. That's a that's about it that I can think of off the top of my head. Right. Or eight, Tyrell Asian too, I think, would have been that group. That's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we were close, but yeah, I remember Lamar Jackson came in and then uh, oh, we yeah. we got Lamar. So it, it uh... <laughs> <That> happens. <laughs> Y'all got them. You got them when they were eleven and uh, more hyped, anyway. So right. <laughs> and so, you know, I was talking uh, just earlier. It kind of took Lamar being Superman for them to get some wins in this series here lately. Um, and then you go back to maybe Scott Satterfield doesn't understand the rivalry. Back, you know, in year one, he was whining about L's down to Stoops. Okay. <laughs> And then they Which made it so much worse. Yeah. <laughs> made people do it way more. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so they asked Mark Stoops about it. You know, Scott Sanford said this and this. And, and I'll never forget, Mark Stoops said, he's a good man, which is essentially, bless his heart. <laughs> you know, that's basically what he said. Bless his heart. But that's, you know, we're not going to stop doing it. And it's just what it is. And he's either got to get with it or, you know, get left behind or whatever. But maybe he still doesn't really get the magnitude yeah. of what's really going on. And that's, you know, that's on nah. him. Yeah, I, I just don't think so. I mean, I, I know he's from one of the Carolinas, North Carolina. He was a coach at App State. Yeah. I just don't, I don't think it's clicked for him there yet. Uh, the rivalry, at least I don't think he understands the 
how much it means to both fan bases and both programs, but and maybe that that reflects in some of his players that aren't from from Kentucky. I know like Jordan Watkins when he was there before he transferred to Ole Miss. Uh, to Ole Miss. He he cared a lot. He's a Louisville kid, but you know overall, I just don't think Satterfield's done a good job at uh, sending that message to his team like Stoops has for how many years. How many years has uh, Satterfield been at Louisville? He, he he'll he'll have finished year four after the bowl. Yeah, usually, you know, if you don't, it ain't gonna click now. I mean, it, it's, too, it's too late now, man. But uh, but yeah, I mean, honestly, when I got to Kentucky, I had to understand the magnitude of the rivalry. You know, I, I, I mean, I'm an Alabama boy, man. I mean, we don't, you know, we didn't really grow up watching Kentucky Louisville. I mean, you hear about it, but we didn't grow up watching the game. So uh, I had to understand, it. and I understood it by honestly, you know, coming out for warmups. As a quarterback, you know, we come out early and throw around or whatnot at Louisville my freshman year. And I remember it was – the weather wasn't good. It was really, you know, gloomy and rainy and whatnot. And the amount of, you know, you know, words and boos and stuff we got. And I was like, okay, this is uh, – they take this pretty serious. So uh, let's <laughs> let's get it in gear a little bit. But, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it takes that. But obviously, you know, Stoops and, and Co. are doing a better job of – helping kids understand what this means. Um, and, you know, and, you know, I guess that's, uh, that's helping them out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why, like, you know, someone hasn't sat down Scott Satterfield and been like, Hey, this is a big game. You need to have your guys ready to go. This is uh, you know, it's bragging rights for the whole year. You always have yeah. that on top of Louisville fans. So I don't know what it is. You know, I think he's going to, I thought he was going to be like fired. But then it's like he's got the number one running back coming in. Is that right? Pretty good recruiting yes. class. Very and good recruiting like, class. You know, I don't know how they did that, but um, money. Yeah. <laughs> I know how they did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game has completely changed with all that. Mm-hmm. With all that, but and we got to talk about that later too because I just saw I just saw a graphic about this nil stuff that I'm sure we'll get to. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's crazy, man. One of the services, I think on three has it like in this transfer portal in their tracker. You can see like the value that each player is like set, like gonna make or what they're expected to make. And I just, I'm like laughing. It's like, yeah, it's just crazy. It's the Wild West, as uh, Stoops has called it before. I, I can't think of a better way to put it. Yeah, they say, they say these top quarterbacks, man, are the, the, the baseline price for these highly recruited quarterbacks. <laughs> 750 <laughs> it's like they got a hit out on them it's like, yeah what? i'm like like bro that's that's ridiculous like <laughs> it's almost like i I'm, I'm all for play trust me i've been in those shoes player i've been in a situation where my jersey's being sold in the bookstore trust me i get it but you as an adult i look at him like what what are we doing you know what i'm saying like what are we like i get you can pay the kids money pay them thousands of dollars that's great but are, what are we really? I mean, college is supposed to be educational. It's supposed to be where you develop certain skills, you develop certain a certain mentality. You start to become an adult. So, what are we doing when we handing 17, 8 year old, 17, 18 year old kids? You know, uh, we're promising them two million dollars. You know, I know for a fact that there's a there's a school in the country who they got a freshman coming in. He's going to make two mil his first semester. He's making two mil per semester. Uh, so in my, you know, in my opinion, that's, that's, that's way overboard, but you know, people have, they have the pockets for it, you know, and 
as we know, you know, in this in America, this is the the greatest sport, you know, in America. And, and you talk in college sports where you got, you know, thousands of people who are, are part of certain collectives who can write checks, man. And uh and 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 they're doing it. So, you know, shout out to the kids for getting the money, but I don't know, I don't know if it's it's helping them down the line, you know, uh in a way, you know. And I may get, you know, get called an old school hater for saying that, but I don't, you guys can call, I don't really care. You know, I've been called way worse, but I just don't know. I don't know. I don't know, you know, if it's helping them, you know, in, in other ways, obviously it's helping them financially, but uh, when it comes to just being an adult, you know, learning how to work for things, I don't know if it's helping a kid who hadn't been on a roster yet to receive $2 million when you got a fifth year players on the team who hadn't received anything. Um, that's my only thing about it. But, you know, that's just me. Where are you at on it, Dave? Yeah, I mean, it is just insane. I remember, you know, being on the travel squad, and I'd be like, man, I get this $15 stipend. Here we go. They used to give us that per diem. Uh, we used to be on the way to the movie theater, and they used to, yeah. like, pass the per diem around. I remember that, like, you know, I think it was, like, $20, $15, $25, whatever it was. Yeah. I'm like, man, I'm, this is my haircut money for next week. You know? <laughs> Nowadays, exactly. nowadays, these kids trying to figure out, you know, do they want a Mercedes or a Jag? I know. <laughs> That's crazy. It's crazy, yeah. I, I hope they just at least have some financial literacy classes and stuff for these guys, you know, because, you know, I mean, if I'm 18, 19, getting that money, you know, I'm going to spend it on dumb stuff. You know, I'm not – I just hope, you know, they have some mentors and people telling them, you know, be smart with this. Like, you know, have your fun, but, you know, you have an opportunity to – create generational wealth with the money that's being yeah. you know, sent around today. So, uh, you know, I just hope that people are monitoring it and, you know, we're, uh, you know, we're going in the right direction, but it is, it is crazy right now. It's not many rules. Absolutely. Like you said, AG Stoops alluded to that last week. Um, this past Monday, he was on there just cussing, asking Tom what cuss words he could say this past week. <laughs> so that was he got real comfortable Monday night, man. It was, yeah, and he he was smart to book that surgery while uh, he's making a coordinator change. Uh, I see what he's doing there. <laughs> <laughs> Went under the knife for the shoulder procedure, and what we what uh, coach set got let go first. The running base coach that came. That, yeah, that was that was I thought of, that was kind of odd to me, you know, because yeah. usually. As a usually head coaches, you let go of the coordinator and you have a meeting with everybody else after that. And usually when they put it out in the media, you know, by proxy, everybody else is done for the most part. Uh, right. The fact that he did that first was, I think, was he was sending a message by that. I just, I mean, I, I just didn't, I didn't really understand why he would do that yeah. first. And, and also, I don't know, it just... I don't know. It was something odd about that. It was something. And I was having a conversation with somebody very close to uh, Lexington, and they were, you know, they, they agreed with me. It was like, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of different. You know, usually you say, okay, we let go of the coordinator, and naturally the new coordinator that he's going to hire brings in everybody else. So naturally everybody else is let go. Uh, right. I'm sure he have meetings with everybody else, but, but you know, to come out and maybe it's because the you know Seto has something to do with special teams. I think uh, that made it easier to yeah, make it you know, the first yeah, move. So, yeah, so you know is. It was almost like I don't want to say virtue signaling, but it was like okay, uh, 
we're going to send a message here and say, yeah, we're getting this done. We're changing this. And I understand it from a head coach's perspective. I've never been a head coach, but I get what he's trying to do. But, you know, it was one of those things where I was like, uh, you know, I guess, you know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody do that in the past. But yeah. I think the special teams thing, you know, is a good point. Yeah, I think that's probably what made it easier to put that out first. Obviously, that move was mostly a recruiting move. Uh, Settle actually doesn't have a single commit uh, in his two years as coach. And obviously, Khalifa Keith, the running back, uh, I think from Alabama, um, decommitted and now he's going to Tennessee. So that would have been his only commit. Uh, didn't work out. And, you know, obviously, C-Rod uh, played. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Great in his two years under Settle, had the best year uh, of his career in 2021. Uh, and Jatom McLean showed some things, but you know, if you remember, Settle uh, in his first press conference said Michael Drennan was going to be his project, and he was going to make him a guy that you know could be a force in the backfield. And you know, he had seven carries last year and didn't even get on the field this year, and is probably going to you know use that redshirt year and get out of here. So uh, it just didn't work out at that at the running back position like they thought it might with him, and obviously not on the recruiting trail, and it made it you know, his contract was up. So they knew they were going to cut ties and they just got it done. Like probably the special teams, you know, aspect of that made it a little easier to do it Monday. And, you know, you look at Frank Bufano, who's the other special teams coach. I think he was, the, I think he's a year one guy, right? Jalen? Yeah. Frank, Frank has been, yes. Bufano's been there the whole way and he's done an amazing job with the safety. So look how good that position is, especially, you know, the way Zion Childers played the last couple of weeks and Jordan Lovett's gotten better each week. So, um, you know, they're not going to make a move there. So, yeah, I see why it was weird. I thought, you know, if they were going to fire Rich, man, just do it Sunday. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they I didn't. They do it Tuesday, and I, I think we'll get into that and why I think it was the right move and see what you guys think. But, um, yeah, it, it, I think it was mostly a recruiting move there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think kind of like you, like you said, if you just look from a distance, well, we'll see right missed. You know, third season is still had, you know, put up numbers. Well, but right. that, that special teams, when that's part of your title and, you know, the, the kicking and the punting was okay, but the, you know, field goals and we, we saw the struggles and his hands are on that. So, yeah. And, and you got to take into account too, you know, Lavelle Wright, very young, still probably has a bright future. I think he does, but you know, he struggled a little bit when he was in there because there were some holes that he missed. I mean, I remember when I was down in Gainesville, again, seeing it from upstairs, there were some holes there, man, and he just, he didn't hit them. And, you know, that could possibly be on coaching if Stoop saw something on tape there. So I, I just think he kind of struggled to build the depth behind C-Rod in the future a little bit. And again, you know, <laughs> the recruiting is huge, especially when Kentucky lost Summerall, they lost clink scale. You know, you got to have some dudes uh, who can both coach ball, but really hit the trail and recruit hard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jalen, to your point, I, I agree. It was weird to see the, you know, settle getting bounced first, you know, you know, when you fire the OC, you know, that's, it's pretty much understood everyone, you know, on the offense, all the offensive coaches, they're on the cutting block and, you know, they're probably going to leave and, you know, goes without saying. 
but for him to announce that I thought was a little weird, especially yeah. since, you know, they, they let go of Sangarello. So it, it was, it, it was strange, but I don't know. I think it was with Scangarello. I think it was a move that probably had to be made with so much yeah. pressure. I don't, I don't, you know, hate on him too much. Cause I did think it with Will Levis being injured, you know, him running last year was huge. It was massive. It was, uh, yeah. Changed everything, but you know him not being able to do that with injuries there and the O line, you know, not really performing like they could, um, you know, kind of a move that you got to be made because that offense just never clicked. I never saw like one game, maybe like half a quarter here and there where they were looking good. But I mean, you have so many good wide receivers and talent on the field. It's like, you know, you got to make something shake out of out of that. Yeah, I I agree, man. And I, you know, I think it's. I think it's one of those moves that had to be done. And like I tweeted the other day, I was like, maybe, you know, the fact that it happened on a Tuesday, um, it almost, I kind of got a vibe from it. Like maybe he met with Rich and the meeting didn't go exactly how he wanted it to go. Cause I'm sure, you know, Stoops is a, he, he got a good pulse of what the kids like and what they want and that type of thing. He's a, what people call a player's coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, he really is. You know, I remember there's been days where Stoops said, ah, let's just go shells today. And, like, I mean, we, we used to love him for that because, you know, <laughs> it's game nine and game eight and yeah. our legs are burnt out or whatever. <laughs> so he was always – he always got a pulse for what the, what the players are thinking and what the players need. So I think – and this kind of goes with settled too. I think that the fact that – I didn't know the details about the recruiting thing, so it, it makes more sense now. Okay, he had struggles recruiting and getting players. So this leads me to believe maybe he didn't have a good relationship with the players on the roster, because recruiting is huge. Recruiting is relationships at the end of the day. Hundred yeah, percent. Um, yes, it's 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 sell is selling your program, selling the school, and it's relationships. So maybe he had a issue connecting to the guys. All right, that's one thing. Okay, the Rich Gangarello thing. Maybe he had an issue connecting with the guys as well. Because I look and I see some of the things that some of those players were saying, uh, whether it's via Twitter, liking things on Twitter, whether it was saying in a press conference. <laughs> it's on as the play caller. Yeah. Right. As a head coach, you cannot have that because everybody yeah. sees it. Recruits see it. Everybody see it. And I think also that maybe he – and I could be wrong, obviously, but my – just, you know, just getting a feel for it, my – my first mind told me that he met with Rich and there needed to be a slight philosophical adjustment made on the offensive side of the ball. Rich wasn't Rich wasn't having it. He's an NFL guy through and through. Every interview, he says something about the NFL. NFL, NFL. Every NFL. single one. I watch them all because I, I watch everybody's interviews because I want to learn and see what they're talking about. Every single interview, he says something about the NFL. He wants to be yeah. in NFL. He's an NFL Jay- coach. Jalen, I'm not trying to cut you off, but did you see that he called Josh Caddis George Kittle? He said they were like the same player. <laughs> yes, and he he has to stop that. But uh, he can't help himself. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, every, every interview he says something about the NFL, and I'm thinking, does this guy want to be here? Okay, if he does want to be here, <laughs> he has to realize that these are 18, 19, 20, 21, maybe 22-year-old young men who aren't on that, this is not their job. It is, but it's not, right? This is not, they're not doing this 24-7 like those guys are. So you can't, you can't, 
you can't it's a different game i watch nfl film and you guys can watch it and y'all see it. it's a different style of play this is a different style of play and on the recruiting piece if if you're an offensive coordinator in college football you have to you have to have in the back of your mind okay i'm structuring my offense to be successful at the school but i'm also structuring everything to garner recruits who's going to help me be even more successful if you're a kid and, and David, you can, you know, ask this question. I don't, you know, it may come off as I'm like critical to rich. I'm not critical to him. I'm critical to what's been produced. Yeah. What's been produced is very pedestrian to high school kids. They don't mm-hmm. want to see 20 motions. They don't want to see, they don't want to see, they don't want to see that. They want to see you throwing the ball down the field, moving the chains, moving at a good pace, excitement, trick plays. Most high school kids see football that way. They're not watching from a coach's perspective. Oh, we just motion to the get an angle on this guy. They're not seeing that. They're seeing, they're watching from a fan's perspective. Are, are they fun to watch? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, and we can all agree that the answer was was no this year. Absolutely we all, not. We can all agree to that. Stoops knows that. He understands that. So I think that's why he kind of, with those three things, with the recruiting piece, with the uh, the, philo- the philosophical piece and just the sheer excitement he had, which is connected to recruiting, he had to he had to make a move, in my opinion. So that's just what I feel about. I could be very, I could be dead wrong, but that's just how I feel. No, I think uh, I think you're right. The you know guys I still uh, are affiliated with the program right now. You know, great, you know, smart guy, great with the X's and O's. Yep. But you know he's he's not a guy you're gonna you know be BS with you know he's not a he's not fun to I guess be around I mean we'll just say it but he uh um, you know in NIL today it's constant recruiting too even the guys on the team you know used to be back in my day you know you recruit and you know you get them on the team and then you know they yell at them and it, the buddy buddy relationship's over but now you have to be. You got to be more of a player's coach today and you have to relate to your players and you have to communicate with them. You can't just, uh, you know, just be X's and O's. Here's the practice script. Let's go. You got to, you know, make relationships with players and, you know, hearing people talk, hearing the players talk, it never sounded like, you know, they had Skangarello's back, really. You know, he was, uh, you know, he's a smart X's and O's guy, but, you know, at the end of the day, you got to relate to the players and you got to, you know, you got to put a good offense on the field, got to put a pr- good product on the field. Yeah. And and I think uh, what you guys said, everything's spot on. And a couple other things just to add on to it. You know, there was a comment before the old Miss game where, you know, we asked him about how much old Miss blitzes, right? And he goes, Yeah, bring it on. And old Miss brings it on mm-hmm. and you get your butt whooped. I mean, Will, that was the game, Will gets hurt you know, the two script fumbles and you lose the game that way. So that was that. And I, I think the other thing that I think for me might've been <laughs> the kind of the, where I was realizing this was going to be a one and done was, you know, you had that pretty good game plan, at least in the second half against Mississippi state, you win that game usually you, mostly using Chris. Uh, and then you bring, you know, you get an extra week to prepare for Tennessee, who, if you just look at the numbers, Great run defense, awful pass defense. What do you, throw the ball? You got Will Levis. You got an NFL prospect there. And what does he do? It's the same game. It's like a carbon copy. And then he speaks with us that next Tuesday, and he says, "Well, I didn't realize how good of a defensive line Tennessee was." And I was just like, "Man, you've been you've been in the NFL playing against you know 
I, I'm not even going to go through all the defensive linemen you face in the NFL. You you know, you saw what Ole Miss did up front. You saw what Mississippi State had up front. South Carolina even, you saw SEC fronts. And you see just the pure numbers, what Tennessee's done against the run. How do you not know? Like, it, it, mm-hmm. I think that that was very concerning. And, you know, the fact he decided to change. I think I always like when coordinators are in the booth. I don't know how you guys felt about that as players, but uh, just as a fan of the game, I always like, you know, seeing when, like in the NFL, when coordinators in the booth and he tried to make that switch mid season. So maybe he was like playing around with things, trying to get comfortable on the job, which like that just can't happen. It just felt like, you know, if I think Stoops thought given his NFL experience, given the fact he was a play caller in the NFL and a couple, you know, FCS teams, uh, it wouldn't be a hard transition to play calling, but uh, it was. And especially in the SEC, he, he just wasn't ready for the competition the SEC brought and the challenges of SEC defenses. And again, I, I really like talking to him, getting to know him. He was always really honest and I appreciated that, but I think it's the, it was just the best move for the program. And now I'm really curious, you know, uh, one of you guys hit on, you know, is Stoops going to, you know, he's, as you guys know, he likes to run the ball. He likes to control the clock and all that. But do you go an NFL route again? I mean, I'm not going to go in the whole rabbit hole of picking a name, or do you want to try a spread offense? Like, like Jalen was saying, the the prospects want to see that. That's what Tennessee's doing. Ole Miss is doing Alabama. I mean, that's what recruits like to see. And I I just wonder how drastic a change we're going to get with this next coordinator. And just to like what all y'all have been saying, maybe he did ultimately want to be back in the NFL. And that's fine. I think, he, yeah, it was a stepping stone for him. Not there yet. Maybe he did see Liam Cohen do one year and then go back to the Rams. Okay, yeah. fine. But while you're here, focus, make this your priority. Even if you do want to get there, you're not going to prove yourself and be desirable there if you're not doing any good where you are. I think Mark's story, when, when Football Scoop put the tweet out about him leaving, this is a, a damaging blow to him wanting to reestablish himself 100%. as a play caller, which it did not go well at all. Um, I was going through YouTube. This was several weeks ago before he got fired. The offense was struggling. And uh, I was just, you know, putting in different highlights of different D-line, you know, Reggie White and Bruce Smith. I put in Khalil Mack, you know, just see the moves, see the highlights. <clears throat> and he was with, was it Chargers? Or, I don't I, I think it was Raiders playing against yeah, the Broncos. Yeah, that was his first team. Raiders mm-hmm. playing against the Broncos. He comes around the edge, gets a sack. And, you know, it's just random clips. And it was, I guess it would have been Raiders radio or something like that. And and the clip just said, Oh, Rich Gangarello, man, you can't be trying to block <laughs> Lil Mac with a tight end. I'm like, wow, this is this is really <laughs> this random clip on YouTube where he's trying to match up and you know block oh. Lil Mac with a tight end. I'm like, huh, what's the odds of me just finding this? On a YouTube, oh, man. Oh, Rich Gangarello, man, you can't rich. I'm like, wow. We've heard that one this year. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, but you made the, the, the point you made is really good because it, it's a compliment if your coordinators get hired away for bigger jobs. Like the ramp, the defending Super Bowl champs 
calling you, wanting you to be your OC. That's a compliment to your program. And it speaks volumes of what you did. Like if Brad White gets a head coaching job, that's a compliment. So like Kentucky, if they want to go ahead and get a young up and coming OC, like a Brian Hartline or something of that, I'm just throwing names out there. No, no scoop on that, but just something like that, where it might be a stepping stone to a head coaching job or an NFL job. They'll take that 10 out of 10 times. If Rich had a great year and got the OC job with the Dallas Cowboys, like it would have been a success and they would have been, it would have been no problem replacing him. You would be happy to do it uh, if that was the case, but you know, you don't, that is part of the risky run when you, you, you do try to get that one guy and catch lightning in the bottle. And maybe it was just a lightning in the bottle higher with, with Liam Cohen. I think, uh, that's possible, but you're okay with the guys who are coming in for stepping stone jobs. Uh, you just gotta, like you said, Vinny, they gotta, they gotta really bring it while they're here. Like Liam did, uh, they gotta have their full attention and just take it day by day where like, like you guys kept saying, and I noticed at every press conference too, I don't, I think I only missed one of his all year. There was, I can't remember one, the NFL, something about the NFL, whether it was, the word NFL, whether it was a reference to a league or a player, was not brought up. It was just, it was, and with Liam, it just, that was never the case. So it was frustrating. I, I'd see why players struggled to get around him. I agree. And, you know, it's just tough because our defense is so good. We've been so, so good. good. You know, if we just, you know, put up like, what, 24 points, we probably, you know, we might have like 10, 11 wins. Like, it's just like, if we can just get over the hump, just, you know, be be competent, be consistent you know, we're going to, we're going to have a great year and he'll be back, but you know, going seven and five and you're fine, firing your OC shows the standard at Kentucky is high right now. And that, that's a good thing. So, you know, hopefully we can keep that trend going. If we can get a good OC, it sounds like a lot of our playmakers will be, will be back. Yes. Barry on Brown's tired of answering that question. <laughs> I think Dane's here to stay, you know, good guys on defense. So, you know, the next OC should be coming into a good situation. I don't know what the, quarterback will be Aaron I don't know if you yeah. have any scoop you got any scoops. <laughs> well back to mayor on my Twitter timeline yeah it was <laughs> I could tell you that if Rich stayed I would have been shocked if it wasn't DJ I'm not even gonna try the last name from Clemson oh, but does. uh because they have they they worked together for a full off season and that would have just made a lot of sense but it's really hard to tell right now until the coordinators here I'm I mean McNamara Hudson card I'm sure it'll be like the crown mm. jewels of the class I love Hudson Carr. That's the one I want, but it's it's going to depend on the scheme and all that. I mean, and what I heard is like a lot of these quarterbacks will kind of take till signing day. You might get some guys next week, like rapid fire, um, more like the old linemen, D linemen type guys, but the guys, quarterbacks are going to take their time. Uh, I don't remember what Levis, I, I didn't know anything about Will Levis until he committed to be honest with you. Uh, so I, I, I don't, I, I would think we're probably three weeks away from knowing who it's going to be, but yeah, I would love for them to swing big. I think, I think it's going to be one of the most attractive for the reasons you said, David, I think it's going to be one of the most attractive spots for a quarterback. Cause you're going to be able to throw the ball to Barry on Brown and Dane key. And man, Josh Caddis, the way he was playing at the end of the year and Jordan Dingle really from like week three on those guys were playing like elite tight ends as redshirt and true freshmen. So you're coming into a pretty good situation, especially if you can uh, add some offensive linemen, which I think they're going to do. Um, and you have a great head coach to play for, and you're going to have a good defense who's going to keep you in every game. Yeah, and that, and that, and like David said, it's it's a good thing that you know for the program to be in a situation where seven and five, everybody's you know feels like they're you know 
three. They feel like they failed. Nine right now. So that's a lot. So that's 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 a good thing. Um, I think this thing, the transfer portal thing, adds more pressure to students to make the right decision and make the right decision very fast. Because if you get guys like Hudson, Hudson Card will be phenomenal. Get guy who has experience. Uh, the guy who has uh, he has a lot of athleticism. He has a lot of talent. Um, but you got to get a coordinator in here so those guys can know what they're going to be dealing with. Um, so we'll see how that, you know, how that happens. You know, we, you threw out um, Heartline. You know, I, I would love to see Heartline at Kentucky because I, I know, I, you know, I've been in that world where I kind of, you know, study his stuff and study his you know, receiver teachings and whatnot. I know that he'll come in and bring some exciting an exciting style of play to Kentucky. Now, it's whether Mark Stoops want that or not. Uh, you know, he want to control the ball, and and that's good. But I think I think Stoops may have, may be at a point where he's realizing that, you know, uh, we, we want to get the Barry on Brown type kids in here, uh, which I'm sure he does. We need to kind of change gears a little bit. You can still be physical. I mean, just take a look at Ole Miss. Ole Miss is exciting to watch on offense. They had a running back who's – who I mean I think he rushed for 1400 yards this year. Yeah, he led the led the league. Yeah. yeah. So um you can still be physical, you know, you can still be uh you can still represent in the way where the big blue wall is the focal point. But you got to it got to be some balance. It got to be some some sauce to it. You know, it got to be some it got to be some excitement to it. You know, if you want to attract some of those guys that you want to attract. Look at Tennessee. They ran the ball well this year. I mean, look yeah. at you know, look at some of these schools, man. They're running the ball well. Uh, even though, you know, we're led to believe that they're a high-flying, throw-the-ball-downfield offense, but, you know, their stats show otherwise. The stats show that they are physical at the line of scrimmage. You know, the yards per carry, the yards per game, the yards that they accumulated in a mass throughout the season, I think, uh, you know. And I'm sure, you know, he'll do a deep dive on some of these, you know, uh, schemes like he did when he was looking for Cohen or looking to get a new old co- a coordinator, he got Cohen, he'll do a deep dive into some of these offenses and see uh, who can he pluck from certain certain places. Uh, but I, I would, you know, if I were him, you know, I would do a, I would do a dive, you know, at the guy at Texas, uh, mm-hmm. what they're doing. I would do a deep dive at Ohio State, even though they're getting kind of, you know, I'm not sure how good that is to say right now. But uh, just Michigan, do a deep dive at what Michigan's doing. They're constantly beating up on people up front and uh, running the ball very well. Um, uh, do a deep dive on what they're doing at George. I mean, he's going to he's gonna do his homework, you know, because he has to get this one right. Yeah. So this is the one he, he has to get this right. Because, you know, you know, fans don't want to see that again. They, you know, and he knows that, you know, even if you don't have a lot of success, and I said the same thing with Josh Heupel when he got to Tennessee. I said it on here. Even if you don't have a lot of success, at least be exciting. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, at least be like a hell of a show. Like, at least, uh-huh. you know, there's times where, you know, I question if Kentucky was trying to score. Like, because I, I would hear Rich always say, control the clock, control. Like, bro, this game is about points. Like, score. you got to score, dog. Like, you, I mean... <laughs> 
you can control the clock all you want to control it and lose. Like you got to try to score. Yeah. Like this, this is a, we're, you know, this is, this is a new day and age in college football, bro. Like you, if you're not trying to score, then what's the point? You know, what's the point if you're not, you got one of the fastest guys in the conference, push the ball downfield with this guy, you know, mm-hmm. throw the ball downfield. You got a quarterback who throw the ball through a brick wall, throw it downfield, at least try. You may get a PI yeah. or something. So, you know, that that's my thing. So, Again, Stoops gonna, you know, he know he got to get this one right. You know, we'll see what happens, but I'm anxious to see, you know, kind of what 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 the buzz is about, you know, the candidates because I'm, you know, I, as yeah. I, as I've professed on here multiple times, I'm a nerd when it comes to film. Yeah. So I I, I know a lot of these dudes, um, and I know what they do on offense. So I'm really anxious to see what happens. They'll definitely, I can tell you, they'll definitely call Liam Cohen. I can tell you that. I don't know if it's gonna work out. I think the problem there is the recruiting cycle starts so much earlier now with the transfer portal starting on Monday and signing day on the 23rd. Like you would have to get him to resign from his job. And then, you know, he, and that'd be a pretty bad look to quit on your team. Like, I don't know, but I mean, it seems like everyone else on that team quit, but uh, they got their ring and sold out for it. But I mean, yeah. I, and I don't know how much of a candidate Brian Hartline is. That's a guy I selfishly want, just like the football fan in me, because I can know one thing about Brian Hartline. He's going to recruit his ass off. And there are a couple quarterbacks at Ohio State that could be playing right now that uh, look pretty good in that Kentucky Blue slinging around. So uh, it'll be really interesting. I'm, I am too, Jalen, very curious to start hearing more and get some substantial things on what, what he's thinking uh, candidate wise, but I would think, man, you got to do this pretty quick. You got to do it pretty quick because signing day is going to be here before we know it. And especially if they end up having to play that early bowl in Vegas, I don't know what bowl it's going to be quite yet, but if they do, man, they really got to get their act together quick. Uh, Cause that's, you know, then you got to prepare for a game on top of it. I do not envy being a college football coach right now. Let's no. just say that, that is a, uh, I have a hard enough time tracking who might be out there and who won't, let alone uh, them actually having to do that themselves. So I heard I heard a guy say recently, I forgot who it was, and he was talking about because he coached in college and in yeah, college and pros. And he was saying um, in a pros you have an off season, right? He's like in college you there's no off season, like especially you, now. Yeah, you are working harder in the off season than you are during the season. Mm-hmm. You know, with the recruiting thing, so. Uh, that that's college coaching college football is a beast nowadays. You know, you add the NIL thing, you add all, all of that to it. I mean, it's a it's a beast. It's a grind. Like it's a it's a it's it's a monster when it comes to uh, having a life, man. You know, mm-hmm. I wanted these guys ever take time to just go fishing, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, just you know, just just do we'll something that life. nobody do. I don't know if they I don't know if they have the time. You know, they they recruiting in the summer now. Like they're yeah. out recruiting in the. I mean, that's. That's a grind, man. I, I do not want to be a college coach. I know that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's just a, such a coaching carousel. Now the transfer portal, you know, it's like roster overhauls. There's just so much change. It's yeah. it's, it's hard to keep track of, and you got to be got to be on top of it. And yeah. you know, with this new OC, you know, Stoops doesn't have that safety net with uh, you know, like when I was there, Benny. You know, now he then then straight into Chris Rodriguez. You know, he's like, well, I'm always going to have these guys to run the ball, and someone may step up. But, They're going to have to. That's a transfer portal thing, right there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. But you know, with with Cohen, from what I heard, you know, he was like, I'm going to run my offense. You know, Stoops might say like, 
you know, give it to, give it to two, four here, you know, give it to two, six, but you know, Cohen, he would just, he would just run his offense. He trusted his game plan. And, you know, when you trust your, trust your OC, you know, those, he trusts you, you know, it's a great relationship and, you know, everything was, was working well. And that was, you know, not the case, uh, not the case this year, but, you know, it'll, it'll be interesting to see who's the, who's going to be the QB, who's going to be the running back. I, I don't know. To, to y'all's... That's what's crazy about it, man. It really is. Sorry, Vinny, but it's, it really is like being a fan of an NFL team and, you know, mm-hmm. any other sport. And you're like, you're like, oh, he's a free agent. <laughs> I want him. Yeah. Go get him. <laughs> it's the same damn thing. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. To y'all's point, you know, y'all talked about how there's <clears throat> more pressure on him. And I'm not saying he's scared of this because he goes with his gut and will do his homework. But there is more pressure to get it right sure. because on the defensive side of the ball, you've had that continuity. You've had that constant. You go from Matt House to Brad White. Brad White's been here for some years, had opportunities, will no doubt get more opportunities. And if he sees one he likes, you can't blame him if he takes it. But he's been there and as good as – and look, it's not like he's putting up numbers against non-conference opponents. He's proven that he's had legit defenses in the SEC. The numbers still hold up when conference play starts. You know, the points, the score defense, the total yards, all of that holds up. You, he Stoops has got to get some continuity on offense. You know, Shannon Dawson didn't work out. Neil Brown left to be a head coach. Can't blame him. Eddie Grand, you know, the fans hate him and all that kind of stuff. He never truly had a true QB one. He always had to adjust on the fly because, you know, Terry Wilson was hurt. Drew Barker gets hurt. You got to go to Steven Johnson. So he was there for some years, but it was still a lot of topsy-turvy stuff beyond your control. This next hire, hopefully you can get a guy and keep a guy for two or three years where the offense works and you, you put up numbers and it's a good fit for everybody. I mean, if the guy gets a head coaching opportunity, like you said, Aaron, it's a compliment that's beyond your control, but it's he's leaving because, hey, somebody else wanted him and he gets to, you know. Because he did a great job. He's not going to get hired for doing terrible. So this is where he's at again, and hopefully this next hire can be that. You know, year two under Cohen, you wonder what it could have been. You can't, uh, can't fault him for getting that call to go to the Rams. But year two, but what he did, all he had basically was Wondell. He had all these weapons, a lot more versatility this year to expand and do. Oh, man, what could have been? Yeah, yeah the two big what could have been to the whole offseason were that, Vinny, and then Dare Rosenthal dipping a year early. And I don't. I think you said you listened to the coaching show uh, Monday, Vinny. Yeah. Uh, there are only two times I've ever heard Mark Stoops like directly, not say his name, but pretty much call out one guy. Because he talked about how, you know, his left tackle from last year listened to the wrong people yeah. and they should have had him this year. The only other guy I remember him ever ripping with Tom Leach there is Kelvin Joseph when he kind of like quit on the team the last couple weeks of that COVID season. So it says a lot that Stoops said that. Um, so he knew that was a big loss. And if you, yeah, if people here tried to go to NFL, didn't make it. Right, didn't make it exactly, <laughs> and you know you would have had Levis's blindside protected, and you know Kenneth Orsi, who was an elite guard, that's an All SEC third team guard, uh, would have stayed at his natural position. And I've heard there's a good chance he comes back just to play it next year, which would be great. But yeah, they gotta, they just got to do something to score some points. I mean, Eddie, 
and David, you could probably speak more about Eddie and having played for him, but you know, obviously it wasn't the most exciting offense. 2020 was a bad year and everything went wrong in that year, but the job he did in 2019 when Lynn Bowden, you know, stepped into that role is one of the best coaching jobs I've ever seen at the college level. He changed his offense mid season and they ended up being from, you know, the last couple of weeks on setting all these records uh, for rushing yards and they adapted to the personnel they had. So say what you want, you know, that's what a Texas nose guys can do, but he also had the players trust in the fact that, you know, they could adapt and do those type of things. So you want to get a guy who's probably a more exciting version of Eddie Grand and more uh, can, can spread the ball out, do have a little bit of a better passing game, but it just can't be what we just saw. Cause it was uh, like, it felt like Iowa at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It gets, Eddie Grand was just so good. And like you said, just adapting, just going with the flow, like playing with the cars that he was dealt. Now, that Lynn Bowden season, you, you know, that that was that was awesome. And I and it was like the end of the South Carolina game where I was like, man, they need to keep keep doing this, even though yeah. they lost that oh, game. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, man, he just marched down the field like it was nothing. <laughs> they yeah. didn't score a point. I was I covered that game. They didn't score a point all game. They put Lynn at quarterback. They score in two minutes. <laughs> easy, easy. Yeah. I mean, that guy, I mean, Lynn in open space was crazy. That 2018 year, it was like our job to share the punt returning. I did right. most of it because, uh, you know, he was just so so gassed from, you know, doing everything <laughs> on offense. And then he didn't feel, like, too comfortable back there. But I've never seen a guy so good in open space. You know, whenever he wanted to go out there, I'd be like, yes, go, please. <laughs> <laughs> and go sure score. enough, like, three of the four times he actually goes back for punt return, he returned he it. So, <laughs> that Penn State game, he returned it. And then uh, our defense got a quick three and out. And he's like, he's like, Boof, I'm tired, man. Like, you got to go out there. I'm like, no, <laughs> no, they're, they're going to boo me if I go out there. You just returned it. <laughs> you just returned it to the house 60 yards. Like, you got to go, man. Uh... But, but Eddie Graham, I mean, he was a he was a great play caller and, you know, did what he could with the, the pieces that he had. And when we were talking about Brad White, I can't believe how long we've been able to keep him. Because he is, if you talk to Josh Allen, he's he'll say Brad White is the best thing to happen to him at UK I mean the guy was just so smart put guys in the right places to make plays create opportunities for others and he was just just great and then Josh Allen you know loved the team so much so unselfish he you know was like I'm, I'm playing in this in this game against Penn State like there's no doubt about it and I was like shoot you better we need we need you, <laughs> you guys but you three sacks yeah yeah I mean just just Josh Allen things well it'd be uh I don't know. No one can blame Will though if he doesn't play in this game. But man, it would be it'd be really nice to have him. Yeah, I I I would think he's not going to play, but he's that type of kid where it's kind of like Josh, where I could see it just for whatever reason that it lights a fire under him. He he doesn't want to let the team down by not playing. I mean, I, I mean, if I had to put money on it, he probably doesn't play. And I think you know if they had the offensive line they had last year. You know, maybe we're, you know, you got to be pretty smart. But yeah, what Josh and Benny did that year for you guys was so impressive. And uh, one of my favorite Mark Stoops moments was when Penn State faked that punt and you guys stopped it. And I th- what do you were you near him to know what he said? It looked like you said, bring it on with some cuss words in there. But it, that was so fun oh. seeing how animated he was. Yeah, I was I was back back there on punt return that I think it was like the fir- very first uh, first punt. So I'm yes. like, get jitters. I haven't been on offense. I'm like. Like, let's lock in here. I can't, 
I can't uh, muff this punt in front of all these people. And then they fake it and we, you know, stop them right there. And, uh, yeah, you just hear Stoops just bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's why players love him because he feels like another player out there with, you know, he's so intense, so fiery. Um, you know, he just wants to win as badly as we all do. Absolutely. And look, you played the position, but we just got to get your thoughts on these receivers. We, we've touched on it throughout the night, but these receivers, uh, Dang, burying, you know, this core. You know, we saw where, you know, Lewis and Magwood are, are putting their names in the portal, and there's going to be probably more of that as well. But these receivers that you saw, I mean, your your thoughts on, on what you saw this past year from that group? Oh, they're they're so talented. I would have never seen the field, I don't think. They were just, uh, you know, it, it, as freshmen coming in there and just having the confidence. Like, you know, I was in there fifth-year senior, senior, you know, it's, it's still, you know, I'm still nervous and, these guys just come out firing like first first game making plays and then it continues throughout all the year so you know the the sky's the limit for these guys they're they're going to keep making plays you just got to have an oc man that can you know feed them the ball you know i hate seeing at the the stat line a lot of these games you know you see like three receptions dane key you know four receptions barry and brown you got to get them ball more some way somehow and tavion robinson i mean he was like all american uh, returner there at uh, Virginia Tech, first game, you know, they're feeding him. He's so good. And then they just don't really give him the ball. I'm like, man, you got all these weapons. Like, let's find a way to get these guys the ball. So hopefully we can figure out a way to, you know, spread the wealth next year and make it a little more fun. And Will Levis, we, we saw the UK Blue Chips faces on Twitter and confirms that he's going to the draft about an hour or so ago. Aaron, I know you saw that. I just yeah. So that was a foregone conclusion. I didn't think that was such breaking news, but I guess it it's official. Yeah, yeah. He had that. You know how college is now. He had that extra year of eligibility, so I guess you have to declare. But yeah, it was no news. It and I, I was listening to see what he would say about the bowl. So <laughs> obviously, he didn't say anything there. Uh, yeah, but and he pretty much was pretty blunt about how. Uh, the new OC was going to change things for, the, you know, he was asked about the future of the program. It's like, yeah, we'll see what happens with the new offensive coordinator. See if we can get some guys, the ball more. I was just like, man, this happened less than 24 hours ago. There's no holding back. So it really must've been a, a relief to everybody uh, in that locker room. And I'm very, I'm curious to see I'm who's going to call the plays at the bowl game. I'm hoping it's Vince Merrow. Did you guys hear that story like a couple of years ago where, and you guys obviously both play for him, but did you guys hear that story? I want to say it was Luke Fortner who told it where he kept calling the play wrong and like they would just run to the left every play mm-hmm. and Marrow would get all pissed off and be like, dude, do you know what you're calling? You're asking <laughs> That was one of the funniest oh, things I could so I could just, I mean I haven't been in the locker room with him like y'all have, but I could so see it from a guy like that. That's too funny. Yeah, I, I you know, I was wondering who would call the plays, you know, in the bowl game. I remember Vince in an interview or something saying that he's glad he's not the one calling it. He was like, Man, this thing is crazier than I thought. Uh I guess we were talking about the same. Was like, after the game, I was like, Man, I'm glad that's over. Uh yeah, it's a lot of uh it's a lot. You know, coordinator is, is multidimensional, man, because you got to think on so many different levels. Uh, you got to think, okay, what are they doing? Do they have a player that we absolutely cannot block on this side? What's the best play in this situation? Are we getting our guys the ball? Uh, what's the situ- You know, what's the situation in the game as far as time goes? I mean, it's just uh, it's it's a lot to think about. Are we setting this up later? 
what do we have? I mean, it's a lot. So it's not just calling what's on the sheet. You know, it's a lot of stuff that goes into it. So uh, I'm anxious to see who will do it, man. I wish I was on staff. Maybe Stoops would have gave me the... Uh, Maybe it'll be Eddie Grand, man. He's yeah, the it, only, it, probably think, will. it probably will. But it's uh, he's the a, only experienced guy. I don't, I don't know if his title allows him to do that, though. Yeah, that's my question. I, yeah. I, that's my, that's yeah, my I question about that one. Yeah, I don't know if his title will allow him to do that, but I'm sure if it if it will, uh, if it does, he'll he'll call it uh, because he has the yeah. most experience doing it. So, uh, but yeah, man, the fact that they're saying that stuff about you know you know hopefully we can get those guys to ball more, it just shows you that. And I'm not saying Rich was a bad guy; he probably wasn't a bad guy. But at the end of the day, if you're not helping these players do what they came here to do, the relationship thing don't matter as much, you know. No. At the end of the day. You know, and just from experience of me coaching high school ball for four years and been training high school quarterbacks for six years now, five years or whatever, if you're not helping these kids, they, you know, being a good coach is multidimensional, right? You got to be a good person to them. You got to relate to them. But you, at the end of the day, they're coming to you for a reason. They're there for a reason. They want to, they have goals to go play pro ball or whatever, have a certain amount of success in college ball whatever it may be. And, you know, if, if that's not being somewhat met, everything else goes out of the window because they had those goals probably before they met you. So you're not the most important thing to them. Right. Uh, now the good ones are able to become very important to those players. Uh, and that's, those are the guys that they play extremely hard for. And if I had to guess, Eddie Graham was probably one of those guys, one of the good ones that the players really cared for, played hard for, if I had to guess just from, Outside looking in, I never met him, never played for him, but just from seeing that. So, yes, if he can call the plays, I'm sure they'll let him call it. Uh, I'm anxious to see how things look because I, I don't think Will Levis will play. So I'm anxious to see who starts quarterback and how how does it look when he's calling it. Let Will call the plays if he ain't playing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two quick things, though, y'all. We keep talking about coordinator, and you, you got a lot of stuff to watch and oversee. That's that's what coordinating is. Coordinate is in the word, and yeah. every position group has to click and mesh and harmonize. And I think I think fans just kind of gloss over that. Oh, coordinator, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, well, this guy's hurt. Oh, just plug it in. Even though they didn't like Eddie Grant's style, he made a lot of stuff coordinate on the fly. And we just think, oh, well, you got to plug in Steven Johnson. Oh, but it's just put in Lynn Bowden. You got to change the blocking scheme up. You got to, the receivers got to just block downfield. All that stuff had to coordinate. And it, it looked easy, but there's no way that it was. So, yeah, you know, that coordinating and making everything fit is, is a lot to it. Number two, we, we're talking about Levis. And like you said, what he said about Scangarello, maybe the next OC can get the guys the ball. Didn't he have a say in and have some input in Skang coming here? He did, but you know, I, that's not <laughs> who knows. Well, I would love to have been a fly on the wall in those interviews, but that was, you know, that, that is what, what happened. I know he had a say in it, I'm but I also, I also don't know who the real, you know, I know the that one assistant, I think it was Rob Calabrese from the Jets. Uh, was up on the uh, up high on that list. I think it was really just those two guys at that point in time. But yeah, I, I would think he did. I think he did have a say in it. I mean, we we know Tim Couch was on the search committee for Stoops and the hire back then with with Barnhart. I'm not saying Levis had that much authority, but I'm, 
he, I mean, they, they had, you know, pray, ask his opinion and some stuff. So I'm like, you know, and it, it didn't work. Um, I mean, it is what it is, but you know, it, it's not like this is the guy that you didn't want. Obviously from the beginning, it was, it looked like a guy you wanted and it just, it didn't work. And Jalen, to your point, when it doesn't go like you like, the relationships kind of just go out the window. Yeah, yeah man. Hey, at the end of the day, I always I live by this, man. At the end of the day, everybody, everybody's living for themselves, right? Your wife is with you because how you make her feel. I always tell kids that your girlfriend is with you because how you make her feel. So at the end of the day, last time I checked, when you die, you die alone. So you live a selfish life, whether you want to believe it or not. You know, at the end of the day, it's about how you know how you live. So if you got a coordinator who's not catering to what your lifelong goal is, which is getting to the NFL and how you get there is producing college, that relationship goes out of the window because now you don't feel how you want to feel. So, and it's natural, you know? So I understand when receivers show disappointment, you know, as a coach, I don't like when guys throw their hands up because the quarterback missed a throw or quarterback throw their hands up because receiver drop a pass. But I understand the human nature of it. Like these guys have, they have places to go in their mind and they want to go there. And it's hard to go there when you're, uh, you know, Robinson and you're catching one ball in a game. It's, it's hard, you know? So um, that kid is, a, you know, was an older guy. He, kn- he really knows what he wants. So, you know, that, that stuff, that stuff gets to him, man. It's human nature. And uh, that relationship, if I had to guess, his, his role diminished because I'm, I'm sure he was showing frustration at practice. I could tell by how he looked, how his body language was during the game. He had he didn't have great body language in some of those games. And I remember one game, I forgot what remember Missouri game, they took him out and then put him back in for a while. Or took him out and didn't put him back in at all. What game was that? Uh that was one of those games. It wasn't Mizzou. It was Vanderbilt. one of those games. Maybe it was Vanderbilt. Might have been Vandy. I know yeah. he got hurt at, he did get hurt at, at one point, one yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And he they claimed he was hurt. I've heard, you know, Stoop said he was hurt on on Monday, but I've heard he wasn't hurt going into that Louisville game. It was kind of a uh, what yeah, you would it, expect there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you never want to see that, but it's natural. It's human nature. We got a lot of different personalities on the teams. One hundred and thirty guys in the locker room or whatever. You're gonna get that. So, uh, you know, all in all, man, they got to bring a guy in who's gonna cater to the players. Like, gonna do. This team was built around explosiveness on the perimeter, a quarterback with the bazooka. So you got to make that work. You got to you got to co- coordinate that, right? That need to be coordinated. So uh, we've seen we've seen uh, you know the guys in the past at Kentucky when with no quarterback be able to coordinate things. So there's no room for not being able to coordinate when you have you know talent wise. This was the best. I said this the best offense I've seen. In my years of watching Kentucky football, pure sheer talent from quarterback to running back to receivers to tight ends, the best I've seen. So um, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I mean, I'm excited to see what happens because you know, selfishly, because I want to go to uh, spring practice and learn. So uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. I'm gonna switch it up real quick before we wrap it up and backtrack. Ag, you and I talked about this on the basketball episode. But flip it to the NFL real quick. And Jalen, you've been a quarterback. Booze, you've been part of a team. We we talked about the Jets week before last, 
playing against the Patriots. It's a 3-3 game, all game long. Mm. The Jets kick off uh, the punt to the Patriots with 25 seconds left. The Patriots run it back. That's the ball game. Patriots win 10-3. Get to the post game. They ask Zach Wilson wow. uh, because <laughs> you had two mm. yards offense in the second half. You have more punts than completions. They said, yo, man, I <laughs> think you let your defense down. And he said, nope, nope, <laughs> I don't think so. And so from a leadership standpoint, oh, we didn't talk about this last week. So got to mm. get Aaron and I did for a minute, but get Boove, you and Jalen, got to get your thoughts on this dude's lack of accountability and perspective and just being tone deaf to the whole thing, man. Yeah, I, can, I couldn't believe he said that. <laughs> I really, I really could not, could not believe. You know, whether you're in the right or in the wrong, there you, you're the quarterback. You got to take accountability no matter what. You know, so you know that's just a bad look. And I know his teammates didn't like that. I, you know, I'm sure, I'm certainly uh, sure I wouldn't like that. But you know, you you, you can't do that. Uh, to you, you got a good team. You got a great team. You got a great defense. And for you to come out and say that, you know, it, it's going to be he's going to have to win back the locker room and. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do with that year, but the rest of the year, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. You can, you can't do that as a quarterback. You're the leader, leader of the team, whether you like it or not, you know, you know, you're the focal, you're the centerpiece, you know, Zach Wilson, he's second, second overall draft pick. Mm-hmm. So, uh, now hopefully, hopefully learns from this and never does it again, but I don't know. I, I was never a big Zach Wilson fan. I think Jets probably better with the, uh, with, with the other guy. Mike White, like, West, yeah. Western Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, shoot, even Joe Flacco. I mean, it's uh... (laughs) – Yeah. I, You know, uh, yeah, when I saw that, man, I was like, man, you – I think we all saw uh, the defensive lineman for the Broncos get up in Russell Wilson's face. Oh, yeah. I'm sure, you know, it won't be reported, but I'm sure that happened to Zach Wilson in that locker room. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, you don't Mm – you don't don't do that, man. As a quarterback, you – come on, man. You got to – you got to shoulder everything, Mm -hmm. even if it's not your fault, you know. Uh, and I learned that at a young age, man. I was taught to, if it's not your fault, at the end of the day, you're touching the ball every snap. If you don't, if the offense is not scoring, then find a way to score. You know, so you got to shoulder it. You know, at the end of the day, even if it's not, I mean, sometimes it's not, it's not always the quarterback fault, but mm-hmm. they're paying you, you know, twenty something mil a year for a reason. You know, you got to shoulder that. You got to take that one on and uh, say, yeah, we got to put the, you know, defense in a better situation or whatever. Just, you know, whatever. Don't just say no. Like that's that was very that was very that was like a very very like bushly mm-hmm. childish. That was very like little giants esque. Like you gotta <laughs> you, you got you gotta you gotta come on. You gotta say something better than that. I could I couldn't believe that. Like I I remember sending yeah. that video clip to like my friends. I could not believe a pro quarterback said that in public. Like he just said no. That's some stuff you may say to your friends or something, but you don't say that in public. I mean, that's that's crazy. He'll never like it's some of his teammates will never forgive him for that. Mm-hmm. Never, you know, because that's just. I mean, in that locker room, whether you you know whether you got a great relationship with everybody or not, naturally you won't. But at the end of the day, right. those are your brothers. That's your team. Like you don't mm-hmm. you don't just roll them out under <laughs> under the bus like that, man. That's. That was kind of hilarious, but it was also kind of sad from a standpoint. It was sad, yeah. You know, from um, I mean, man, I, that's like that's like my defense saying if I'm a quarterback, that's like that's like Bud Debris coming out and saying, uh, "Are y'all? You know, they gave up seventy five. Are y'all? Are y'all like 
you know, do you feel some way for giving up that many points to kind of hurt your offense? And him, I can't imagine him saying no. Yeah. I can't imagine that. That's it's hilarious, but it's crazy, by the way. You know, I just think I don't know. I just can't. I can't picture a quarterback being in that position and actually saying that in public. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm with hey. you. My my reaction was like. That was savage, but that was also stupid. Like, yeah, that, that was, <laughs> it was extremely savage. He said no with a straight face. Mm-hmm. With a straight face. Anyway, he was chopping on gum like a little high school quarterback, too. Yeah, man. I, I don't know, man. And he doubled down, too. He doubled down and said to the media, well, guys, it was windy out there today. Yeah, windy. Yeah. <laughs> You're playing the you're playing the AFC East, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. That, that's, used to that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's some stuff. That's some longest yard type stuff, man. I don't know. I don't yeah, know. that was a that was an all timer. That was an all timer. Only the Jets, too. That's yeah. what I had to, had to backtrack and get y'all thought. I meant to talk about it last week and forgot. So, like, man, got to backtrack, even though it's semi old news now. I had to at least bring that up to y'all today, man. But. Uh, we got in a ton of stuff. It was a ton of stuff to talk about. Booth, man, appreciate you hopping on here with us. Had to get you on again, man. It was yeah, uh, happy to. Uh, Jalen, Aaron, appreciate y'all. And look, believe.com, B L E A V.com. Y'all can get every single one of these episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. It's also up on YouTube. Most of these episodes are on YouTube. We got our own merch too. Jalen, find hey. the Cat Daddy's t shirt. <laughs> Y'all go to shop.believe.com. Get yourself a Cat Daddy's t-shirt. They're in blue like this one. They're also available in white or gray. So they got all of the BBN colors. Get yourself a shirt. Tell your friends about it. Go to uh, Apple Podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And we definitely appreciate all y'all, man. Boo, like you said, thank you again. Jalen, Aaron, appreciate y'all. Been another fun jam-packed episode of Believe in Kentucky and y'all tune in again we'll highlight you next For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.